0: Hello, people of the way, blessings in Jesus. If you have your Bible, please open up to 1 Timothy chapter three. 1 Timothy chapter three, we continue our study through the New Testament and we are in the pastoral epistles. Uh, These are uh, uh, letters that senior pastor Paul wrote to junior pastor Timothy. We get an inside look. Now, there are uh, letters to churches In in the New Testament, predominantly the epistles, letters to churches, letters to the saints, but there are very few letters to pastors letters to the uh church leadership. Do you remember in our introduction how we made mention of the packages like when you when you uh, uh when you look at like new cars you know you see new cars online or you know some type of service online and as you know there's package one package two package three package four, and package one is like you know base version and then package two you know, it says everything in the base, but then you have additives, you had more. And then package three has everything in package two, which has everything in package one. And then package three has even more. And then package four is like, you know, the full package. It's, that's what we see in these epistles because there is more that the Lord builds upon in his vessels that he uses. And remember, this is Paul and Timothy, Paul is not like the average bear, and when he trains, when he teaches, when he equips, he doesn't equip and teach in the manner of the average bear. Titus, Timothy, Sylvanus, those in that very beautiful, special Holy bubble of Paul. They're being trained by a person who's not like the average bear. And in so doing, they themselves are not like the average cub. Now, little Timmy, he's not little Timmy anymore. Now he's big Timmy. He's no longer a cub. Now he's a bear himself. And remember, this is order that is being restored in the churches. And so we have to make these distinctions because of all the pastors there are. Remember when we studied uh, the Corinthian letters And Paul says you have 10,000 teachers, but one father. And he's speaking of himself, a spiritual father. It's so powerful. So you take that. He says you have 10,000, but then he uses himself too. So a total of 10,001. Look, you know, when we put things in perspective, that's pretty hardcore because of, I mean, if you were to take 10,001 people, Pastors, teachers, ministry leaders, surely there is godliness found. Surely there is godliness found. But in the case of Corinth, where was it? You see, they were defunct. People who had the title of pastor, people who had the title of elder, people who had the title of bishop and deacon. But when you look at the fruit of Corinth, when you see what was going on inside Corinth, what was happening? Where, where where were the men? Where were the men to prevent certain things from happening? I'll tell you, they were defunct. Little boys. They think they're men, but they're not men. They think they're warriors, but they're not warriors. They got the big arms, the big hairy chest, the big muscles. They got, you know, they got the deep voice, but they're just little little boys, little babies. Because they were compromised. The defunct. And it's so powerful because when you understand that, I mean, if you're listening for the first time, understand we are in the pastoral epistles. And this is Paul, Pastor Paul writing to Pastor Timothy. This isn't one of the 10,000 guys writing to one of the other 10,000 guys. This isn't the defunct writing to the defunct. You see, this isn't, you know, Paul writing to, the church, writing to saints, writing to, you know, the, the church of Ephesus, the church of uh, Philippi, the church of Galatia. No, this is person to person, not person to people. Plural. This is singular, person to person. Senior Pastor Paul to junior Pastor Timothy. And so when we look at, you know, remember in, in, in chapter three, how, we, what, what happens here in first Timothy chapter three, we further identify these packages. Like you remember in our introduction, we have like the package deal, package one, package two, package three, package four. And, you know, we further identify these packages and what's entailed qualifications, not just warm bodies. Not just warm bodies at all. You see, that's a big problem in the church today. Oh, we have a need. We have a need. Hey, you over there. You know, hey, we come over here. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Not selecting warm bodies for a task. Just anybody. You see, God gives us his formula, in his word now you remember when we if you've been walking with us for a while you remember our study through acts chapter six where you know there was this need that arose in the church to serve in tables and it is written dr luke wrote the book of acts dr luke He is the one who identified, you know, inspired of the Lord, you know, the the spirit, inspired of the spirit, you know, says to uh, uh, Dr. Luke, hey, Luke, write this down. Luke writes it down. We see it in Acts chapter six and the qualifications just for serving in tables. And I don't want, I'm not saying that that's a demeaning task, like just serving in tables. I'm talking about just the task of serving in tables. The qualifications found in Acts chapter 6 of good reputation, a person of good reputation, which is a strong witness. Just pause here for a moment. When it is written, a person with a good reputation, which is a good witness, look at how many people inside the church today that just right there off the bat are disqualified. Hey, we got a need over here. Hey, brother, can you do this? Hey, sister, can you do this? And yes, they're, they're doing the task. And with carnal eyes, it seems like, okay, this is good because we have a need. We have a person fulfilling this task, but unbeknownst to anybody else, the guy who's doing the, ta- the, the task is compromised. By sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever, you know, anger, uh, 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 rage. He's compromised by whatever's going on inside the temple. So carnally speaking, yes, the task is being performed. The task is being done. We got a need in the church and it's being done. Carnally. You see, okay, this guy's doing this. Okay, everything's good to go. Wow, what a godly guy. But remember, the Lord sees the heart. He sees the mind. Because the people think, okay, there's this godly guy doing this godly task. And wow, it's so beautiful. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, he's a sex head. He's beating on his wife. He's cheating on his wife. He goes to the strippers. He goes to the casinos. He goes to the prostitutes. He does the Buddha. He does Mary. He worships Mary. He does the occult. He does the Ouija boards. He does all kinds of different things. Nobody knows except the Lord. The Lord knows. And you see, when there's intimacy with the Lord in anybody, but when there's intimacy with the Lord in a pastor... Someone might say, Hey, pastor, we have a need over here. Let's choose this guy and the pastor, whoever it is that has intimacy with the Lord. You know, it's, I hate to say this. It breaks my heart to say this because it should be the pastor who himself meets the biblical qualifications. But in these last days where there is a famine of the word of God, which says a lot of the pastors. In a bad way. When I say it says a lot of the pastors, I mean in a bad way. What in the world are they teaching? It should be the pastor who could identify. It should be the elders who can identify. Why? Because we have outlined here the package deal. Package one, package two, package three, package four. When you have the full package in a pastor, these are men, 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 men who can identify. No, not that guy. No, not him. These are men who can identify, wow, this is a godly guy, but all of a sudden he's turning into a wolf. Okay, now it's dealt with accordingly. That situation, that particular person is dealt with accordingly. And according to scripture, I don't mean, you know, he's dealt with, let's take him out back. No, I mean, he's dealt with according to the word of God. You see, good reputation, a good witness. You see? And remember, that's just serving in tables. And I don't mean that's just serving in tables like that's a demeaning task. I mean, it's only for the task of serving in tables. We haven't even got into like pastoral ministry, you know, uh, any type of overseer ministry. We haven't even gotten there. This is just for serving in tables and we're at the good reputation. It's like already look who's disqualified in the church today. But in Acts chapter 6, it goes on even further and Dr. Luke writes, inspired of the Spirit, someone of good reputation, which is a good witness, full of the Holy Spirit. Whoa. Remember, it is possible to believe in Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit. Listen to our study through Acts chapter 8. You see? Wisdom. And in the case of Stephen, he was also full of faith. And this is just to serve in tables. That's just to serve in tables. This isn't even pastoral ministry. This isn't even ministry as elder. This isn't even deacon, bishop. No, this This is serving in tables and not to demean. If you, If you're in the church and you're serving in the church in a, you know, serving in tables capacity or something similar, it's not to demean and say like, oh, you know, you're just... You're just, you know, doing that menial task. Oh, you're not. No, it's nothing like that at all. Look at I my mean, when you read about Stephen serving in tables, look how beautiful Stephen is. Look at how beautiful Philip is. I don't say, you know, oh, just serving in tables like it's a menial thing. No, it's there's no small thing when the, when the Lord is at work. Whatever it is, it is no small thing. It's a big deal. I don't care who you are. Male, female, young, old, it is no small thing when the Lord is at work. Now, I say I don't care who you are, male, female, but when we get into pastoral ministry, overseer ministry, uh, 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 as in the capacity of elder or pastor, Always, 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 always male. Always. Always male. Now, if you're female and you're listening for the first time, listen to our study in chapter 2. Because I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I can take all the women in the faith and just pour my heart and soul out to you. Because I look at the men today and, you know, I'm almost at the point where I'm like done with the men You know It's it's just I hate to say that I hate to say that But you know what I call it like I see it I see the highest concentration of warriors among women Among men Little babies Little boys They might have the big muscles The deep voice. They might have you know the, The hairy chest And the big muscles But they're little boys Because They do not understand Either willfully Or even woefully. But I don't blame them. I mean, to a certain degree, I do. To a lesser degree, you know who I blame? To the higher degree, the pastor. The pastor. Who in the world is teaching this guy? Who in the world is teaching that guy? Who in the world are teaching these men? Who in the world is standing at the pulpit Professing to be wise and teaching foolishness, and when I say teaching foolishness, there's there's multiple avenues of that foolishness. While being compromised through bad witness, foolishness, not having the Holy Spirit, foolishness by just you know straight up being dumb, being an idiotess. You know, you know, people get mad at me. You know, oh, don't say dumb, don't say dumb. Okay, I say I won't say that anymore. I'll say it like Paul. An idiot, okay, at the pulpit. Yes, the Bible, you know, translates in Greek, idiotes, where we get the word idiot. Idiotes is without understanding. Why in the world is this guy at the pulpit? Oh, but he's got his degree. He's got his, He with the seminary. He did this. That's nice. What is he teaching? And not just what is he teaching? Remember, these qualifiers, it's open to scrutiny, How is he compromised? Is he he compromised with the sex, with the drugs, with the alcohol? Does he stand at the pulpit on Sunday, but then, you know, the previous night or the previous two nights, he's at the strip clubs? He's going to the casinos? You see pastors who, you know, oh, you know, we're going to go on a mission trip. Oh, we're godly, man. We're going to go on a mission trip. And, you know, all you guys are going to join us in a week. Uh, or you, all you guys are gonna join, we're gonna go there, you know, next week, but you know, you're gonna come two weeks after and that, that whole week prior, we're gonna just, you know, work out the logistics. We're gonna make sure everything's kosher, you know, we got room and board, we got food, and we're gonna organize all these things. Couple days, the pastors, the so, I'm doing my air quotes, the so called godly men, they go off the grid. Where are these guys? Where are these guys? Then you have a, Husband and wife team that flies down to the third world. Husband and wife team that flies down to wherever. You know, supposedly these godly men are doing these godly things. The husband and wife, they find the pastors. And they're doing all kinds of sexual, disgusting things. The sex, the drugs, the alcohol. Just, it's utter stupidity. Now, Oh, but they repented, they repented because they were caught. Because they were caught. But what about, say the husband and wife never found out. Say they never flew down and searched for these pastors and didn't find them at the bars with the women doing the drugs and doing the drinking and doing all that stuff. Say they were never discovered. And then all of a sudden, things the status quo remains. Men who are disqualified. They disqualify themselves by their own stupidity, by their own choices. I'm speaking about pastors. Remember, we're in the pastoral epistles. Paul, not like the average bear. Little Timmy, not little anymore. Big Timmy. Well, I mean... Maybe average size. Watch, we're going to be at the marriage supper and, you know, I'll be looking for Timmy. You know, hey, where's where's little Timmy? Where's little Timmy? I'm going to turn around and he's, oh, he's right behind you. I'm going to turn around and, I, you know, he's a big giant, you know. Whoa, Timmy, I thought you were little. These guys are not like the average bear. Right, read the book of Acts. Read the, read the Corinthian letters. Listen to our studies through acts and the you know romans the 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 corinthian letters and get yourself caught up because you realize oh my goodness these guys are not like the average bear which is why we say they're not like the average bear remember the demon when he says jesus i know paul i know but who in the world are you guys you see the demons know The people might have thought, oh, Paul, just, you know, he's just a nobody. Oh, look, he thinks he's a big shot, you know, all this stuff. But the demons knew. The sons of Siva who they thought they were something, they thought they had authority, but the demon says to him, or them, Jesus I know and Paul I know. Notice the demons, they take notice. They take notice. They absolutely know Jesus and they absolutely absolutely know those who have intimacy with him in this case Paul the demon straight up says Jesus I know Paul I know but who in the world are you guys you see and they lost they going into a spiritual fight and they lost it's powerful Now we see, just in serving in tables, the qualifications to serve in tables is heavy. Now there's more added in ministry when, you know, that you see like in serving in tables, you know, uh, you, you oversee things and functions. But as a person grows and matures and uh, moves on to deeper ministries, instead of overseeing things and functions, now you oversee saints. That's when we get into pastors and elders. And it's no small thing. Now we have these qualifiers, but at the same time, remember the package deal, package one, package two, package three, package four. Package one is like, you know, base model. Package four is like the full package. That is like, you know, like this guy is not the average bear. This guy is the full package. It's always, 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 not just package four. Package one, two, three, four, and, you know, serving in tables. It's always, 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 always within the confines of sound doctrine always always within the confines of sound doctrine it sounds you know i don't like saying the confines of sound doctrine but in one sense i do because it sounds like well then the confines it's like well am i trapped okay we'll say within the within the fence of sound doctrine within the border of sound doctrine which is still confinement And I remember, you know, when I was a young believer, you know, probably like 25 years ago, I'm a young believer and I was lukewarm to my shame. I don't say this like, oh, look, I was lukewarm. I don't say that boastfully or pridefully. I say that with an abundance of shame because I was lukewarm and I was bummed out. I was like, man, if I I get hardcore with the Lord, that means I'm not going to be able to do this this and this and this and this anymore. And I was bummed out. But today, I didn't like that confinement. Oh, I don't want—I don't like this confinement of the Word of God. I don't like this confinement because I, I'm not free to do this. I'm not free to do that. I'm not free to do this. And I didn't like, you know, it, 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 to, to think about the confinement of sound doctrine. It's like, ugh, it, 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 the, the, the more carnal I was 25 years ago, I just didn't like it. But today, when I think about the confines of sound doctrine, I love it so much. Why? Because it's safe. It's safe. I mean, among other things too, but you know, it's safe. It's where the still waters are, it's where the green pastures are. There is safety in sound doctrine. And not just for the sake of safety. But remember, the word became flesh. The word became flesh. And Jesus says, you know, when these disciples ask him, what's the sign of your coming? He says there will be many Christs propagated by many false teachers. Many Christs. I don't want many Christs. I want the one. Always, always, always within the confines of sound doctrine. I meant not to sound heretical in saying this, but beautiful, beautiful Stephen. I'm so in love with beautiful Stephen and Stephen was a good he had a good witness good good reputation good witness full of the holy spirit and full of faith but if his doctrine was out of whack he would disqualify himself not to not to suggest that i'm introducing anything heretical but i'm just giving the example if his doctrine was out of whack sorry stephen you can't serve in tables Ministry is always within the confines of sound doctrine. Otherwise, it is subject to the law. The law. Always within the confines of sound doctrine. Otherwise, it is subject to the law. You say, well, that's pretty heavy. Absolutely, 100%. It's heavy. Do you remember in chapter 1, verse 10? Any other... Remember, the law is not for a righteous person. And, you know... Paul lists, remember, this is Senior Pastor Paul writing a letter to Junior Pastor Timothy. Pastor to pastor, one-on-one. All the other letters, I mean, non-pastoral letters, non-pastoral letters, but the letters to churches, it's like, you know, one, two, fill in the blank. If, if there was like a 100 people or 200 people or 10,000 people, it was, you know, one, two, more than one. But in this case, one-on-one. One-on-one. And Senior Pastor Paul says to Junior Pastor Timothy that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless. And then he starts to write down all, this is chapter one, he starts to list all these indicators of what the law is for. And he says, if there is anything contrary to sound doctrine. Whoa. Do you see how heavy that is? Sometimes, oh, you're such a stickler on sound doctrine. Well, outside of sound doctrine, it's subject to the law. And if it's subject to the law, it is not nailed to the cross in accordance with Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. And if it's not nailed to the cross, saints are in big, big, big trouble. It's a big deal. Sound doctrine is a huge deal. And then on top of that, understand that Through the law, the law, through the law, saints can be fallen from grace and estranged from Christ. Remember our study through Galatians? That's Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. Estranged from Christ through the law and in the law. Because if a person is abiding in the law, they have exited Jesus Christ. They are outside of Jesus Christ. To abide in the law is to exit Christ. To abide in Christ is to exit the law. You see? You say, well, that's, you're going too far there. Am I really? Am I really? When the Bible teaches that anything that is contrary to sound doctrine is subject to the law, that the law was made for that particular purpose, for that exact purpose, I say particular because there's more, but for that exact purpose? And I'm going too far? No, my friend. It's a big deal. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about paradise and straight-up lake of fire. It's a huge deal. Oh, but I like my pastor. He tells all these jokes. And so what if he gets drunk on Saturdays? So what if he goes to the strip clubs? Oh, like men be men. Men can be men. Come on, you're going too far. Am I really? We have Qualifiers. Qualifications This is a a, a one-on-one letter This is a one-on-one letter Paul to Timothy It's also a one-on-one discourse Me to you, my beautiful friend Me to you, my beautiful brother My beautiful sister So that we can understand Together You see it is entirely possible for saints to deteriorate in faith because the law is not of faith Galatians chapter 3 verse 12 we covered this Because remember anything contrary to sound doctrine that's what the law is for I can't, it breaks my heart because Christians Christians, it's a big deal. Oh, you're so mean. I hear it all the time. You're so mean. How dare you say this? How dare you say this? How dare you say this? But I'm going to flip the coin on you. How dare, how dare if I don't say it? Because you need to know. Once you know, ball's in your court. Once you know, ball's in your court. You see? Remember, in the law is death. That's Romans 7. We studied these things. Romans 7, verse 10 through 11. In the law is death. And Paul, a Pharisee of Pharisees, a student of Gamaliel in his busy days before he came to Christ, before Christ, That was his stock, so to speak. That was his credence, so to speak. And he's the one inspired of the spirit. Intimacy with the Lord. So much intimacy with the Lord that the demons even, they say, we know, Jesus, I know. You think, you know, okay, period. No period. Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who in the world are you guys? see doctrine must be sound in any and all ministry always because without sound doctrine ministry ministry becomes habitat for humanity you see that's what happens without sound doctrine ministry becomes habitat for humanity Because there will absolutely absolutely be help for another person. Habitat for Humanity, they do a lot of good things for people. But without sound doctrine, yeah, the, the person will be helped. and Good things will happen for that person. Good things being done for that person. But that person will still burn in hell because they haven't been given Jesus Christ. They haven't been given the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, ministry stems from sound doctrine. There is no other way. The doctrine must be sound. Jesus Christ the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him. Just remember, Jesus says there will be many Christs. Many Christs. So, you know, we said this before, but I'm going to say it again a lineup. Everybody looks the same and they all say their name is Jesus Christ. A hundred men, they all look the same. They all speak the same, similar. How will you know the real one? The one to worship, the one to adore, the one to praise. How will you know? They have the same tone of voice. They all look exactly the same. They all dress exactly the same. They're like a hundred identical twins. I I can't say twins, but... I don't know what the word is for hundreds, but, you know... But identical, a hundred people. They all look... How will you know whom to worship? And praise. And glorify. And honor. How will you know? Because in that midst of a hundred, with one, it's beautiful to worship. With 99, it is evil and demonic and satanic to worship. You see? The Bible says His word is above His name. That's how we know. Sound doctrine. That's how we know. You see? In 1 Timothy chapter 3, the very chapter that we're looking at today, we're going to look at more to these qualifiers. Remember the package deal, package 1, package 2, package 3, package 4? There's a lot of men that are pastors who are not even package one. There are a lot of men who are standing at the pulpit. They're like barely package two. There are some who, they can't even touch these packages. They, they shouldn't even be serving in tables. Because remember, the Bible says that even shepherds can become wolves. And the Bible indicates that there are wolves, the, the, the increase of wolves and hirelings and servants of Satan in the last days who present themselves as ministers of righteousness. It's a big deal, my friend. Remember, this is a one-on-one letter. This is Not like the average bearer Paul to not like the average bearer Timothy. Timothy is serving as overseer, pastor capacity. And he's ensuring order in the fellowships. This is a one-on-one letter. It's very interesting when you read the epistles, Paul's writings, how he speaks to the saints. He doesn't speak to the saints in the same manner that he speaks to the pastors. Because he knows who he's speaking to. He knows that he's speaking to the package deal people. He knows that he's the full package and he's speaking to his, uh, his spiritual children, Timothy and Titus. He knows that they're the full package as well. You see, he can't speak you. He can't speak full package lingo to First Corinthians three, where you know Paul says, you know, I wish I could speak to you like you were mature. You were. I, I wish I could speak to you like your like you're deeper spiritual things, but I can't. You see, when you consider the depth of knowledge of Paul, which is a gift of the Spirit, but you consider the depth of knowledge. And Paul is the one who says the Corinthian saints, I, 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 I wish I could speak to you deeper things, but I cannot. Because you're still babes. You're still babies. You haven't moved on, you're still babies, you haven't you you give a pork chop to a, a two month old. You can't do it. You can't do it because there's no teeth. You try to teach calculus to a, a one year old. You can't do it. Paul is full package. He knows he's speaking to full package Timothy, full package Titus. In verse two, we see uh, bishops here, which is you know in the Greek episkopos. Where we, you know it's overseer, but you know where we get the the word episcopal, like episcopal church. You know, like a, kind of like you know the 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 overseers identifying the overseers, but that's what it means. Episkopos, it's a bishop. And then in verse eight, we see deacon diakonos in the greek which is you know in ministry as, as teacher now remember phoebe was a deacon she's female roman 16 remember phoebe she was a deacon female inclusion for deacons now sometimes females they say well look cool because you know uh, here in first timothy 3 you know uh, verse 8 we have deacon and you know roman 16 we see phoebe so okay Females can be pastors too. Hold the phone there, sister. Remember in chapter 2, what we just studied last week, 1 Timothy chapter 2? A woman cannot teach or have authority over a man. In the pastor capacity, the pastor teaches and absolutely has authority over a man. You see? A pastor teaches and has authority over the saints. Now, when I say that, if you're listening for the first time and you're like, "What? I don't want to. Ha- I don't want anybody to have authority over me." Listen, the formula, formula, formula. It must be right. Most pastors, I don't want them to have authority over anybody because they're fools. A lot of idiotes at the pulpit. Most pastors. Now, when you listen to our introduction, we get into doctrine. We talk about, you know, the, uh, 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 uh um, the money preachers, Calvinists, Reformed theology, uh uh, 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 name it and claim it. You know, disqualified, disqualified because no sound doctrine. You see, now, if you're Reformed, I love you. If you're Calvinist, I love you. If you're, you know, the name it and claim it, if you're charismatic, you know, I love you. But if you're Reformed or Calvinist, listen to our study through Romans 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. And then also a message called, Do Not Take the Mark of the Beast. Because what's happening, you have more Calvinist and Reformed teachers. They're pastors, you know, I'm doing my air quotes, pastors. They're starting to teach that it's okay to take the mark of the beast when the Bible says, never take the mark of the beast. Now, if you're uh, a Pentecostal or a a, a charismatic, I love you. Listen to our study through uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. You'll hear more and understand more about the moving and gifting of the Holy Spirit. You see? Sometimes, you know, oh, this guy is such a great pastor. This guy is such a great pastor. Well, what's his doctrine? Well, he's the new apostolic reformation. Okay, disqualified. Do not submit to him. No, oh, I like this lady. You know, she's new apostolic reformation. She's a pastor. Look, no, no. formula is wrong. Don't submit to her. Do not submit yourself to her. You see? Oh, this guy's. You know, he's, he has a study Bible. You know, he's a great expositor of the Bible. People call him America's pastor. Oh, he says, go ahead and take the mark of the beast. You'll still be safe. Wrong. Doctrine doesn't fit. The, the, what he says doesn't fit. Nothing fits. Disqualified. That's why Brother James says, "Let not many be teachers." Don't forget the many layers of "It is also written," because, like you know, in First in Timothy chapter three verse eight, we see deacon and then you know the what the uh, uh, di- diakonos. Which, you know, is, you know, is described as a minute, a person in ministry, as teacher, or even as pastor. And then what a lot of women do is a lot of females, they say, well, you know, Phoebe was a deacon. So therefore, I can be a pastor because, you know, pastors can be considered deacons as well in the translation. So there's my little loophole to get, to, to be a pastor. Well, don't forget the many layers of it is also written. Because just in the very previous chapter, a woman cannot teach or have authority over a man. You see? When pastors, the pastoral responsibility is to absolutely have authority over the saints. Now, when I say authority over the saints, we must always remember the qualifi- the qualifiers must be there. The man that I know. Who are the full package. They're very very rare. I mean like. I'm just. You know. There's the ones that I know. There's you know. One in California. <laughs> one in Texas. There's. One in Great Britain. Those are just the ones I know. There's, <laughs> there's not, it's not a lot. Not I know there's more, but these are just the ones I know, and I you know these are just the ones I know. I have to emphasize: these are men. They don't stand at the pulpit and demand you have to submit to me. They do not do that. They don't boast of their authority, even though they have authority. But it is so beautiful. It is so, so, so beautiful for the saints in those fellowships because they could submit to these men, submit themselves to these men. And in so doing, they grow, they mature, they're fed, they're protected. It's beautiful. You see? there's not. There's the majority. You submit to these guys. It is dangerous for you. I mean, a guy says, study Bible guy. He says, go ahead and take the mark of the beast. You'll still be saved for people who submit to him. And they do exactly what he says. They submit themselves to him. They say, well, he says, go ahead and take the mark of the beast. I'll still be saved. So I'm going to take the mark of the beast and still be saved. You know what that is? That's like a fire. That's lake of fire. Brother James says, "Let not many be teachers." And you know, this isn't like you know. Sometimes the women they get mad at me. You know, they're like, "Oh, you know, how dare you say this? Oh, you're male chauvinist. You're, you know, whatever." It's like this. That's like, hold on, hold on. We have to align ourselves to the Word of God, not the other way around. We don't make the Bible align to us. We are the ones who align to the word of God. We are the clay. He is the potter. You see? All right. Verse 1 here. Let's start in verse 1. Remember, Paul to Timothy. Order in the church. In verse 1, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. You see, this it's not bad at all it's beautiful it's lovely but remember there are qualifiers in order for the desire to come to fruition remember ministry stems from sound doctrine i mean we see the qualifiers to serve in tables now we start to add there's more qualifiers so we get into verse 2 a bishop which is episcopos, which translates as overseer and superintendent or, you know, overseer, a bishop then must be, must be blameless. Now, right off the bat, we're at the very beginning. We're at verse 2. Right off the bat, an overseer must be blameless. And right off the bat, we realize, oh my goodness, the church is in trouble. Oh my goodness, the church is in trouble. Because there are a lot of pastors today who are not blameless. You see? Let's continue. Who must be blameless. The husband of one wife. Oh my goodness, it's just adding on. The church today is in trouble. But see, multiple wives? Doesn't work that way. Multiple wives? Nope, doesn't work that way. Disqualified. Sometimes people have their second and third wives. You know, oh, my first marriage didn't work out. Second marriage didn't work out. Well, are your previous wives dead? No, they're not dead. Okay. You're an adulterer. You see? Very specific formula. To stand at the pulpit and teach. Understand. Look at the new wine that flowed from Paul. Look at the new wine. When you study the book of Acts, look at the new wine that flowed from Paul and what flowed into him was from the Lord. Look at that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful new wine. that flowed into Paul and that flowed out of Paul the outpouring of his heart remember when Jesus says you know it's not what goes into a man that defiles a man it's what comes it's what comes out of his mouth because what comes out of his mouth is the is what is the outpouring of the heart now Jesus was speaking about you know that's the what that's the bad stuff you know the what you know it's not what goes into him that the man that defiles him it's what comes out because okay what comes out In the case of some, defiling. In the case of Paul, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful new wine. And when you understand that, you see like, oh my goodness, his heart. That is a heart that is intimate with the Lord. That is a heart that is given to the Lord. A mind, a temple that is given to the Lord. Intimacy with the Lord. And he's pouring out. That is new wine. Look at the new wine that flows from him. In our study in Acts, the epistles, the letters that we've been reading, look at the new wine that flows from him. Yes, it's beautiful new wine. But does that new wine flow from just anybody? The answer is no. It flowed from Timothy. It flowed from Sylvanus. it flowed from Titus, it flowed from Peter, it flowed from John, it flowed from James. But does it flow from just anybody? I mean, you remember when there was the hullabaloo in Jerusalem, the stirrup in, in, in Jerusalem, how the Pharisees who became Christians, they took it upon themselves to mandate. And they say, okay, Christians, if you want to be hardcore for Jesus, every male gets circumcised and we have to follow Moses. So they started telling Christians, okay, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And then there was the Jerusalem Council. We studied this in the book of Acts. There was the Jerusalem Council. Uh-uh. A room, a a big room full of overseers, a big room full of pastors and bishops and deacons, decision makers, so to speak. You figure surely they would come to a consensus and they did, but who were the ones that stood up? Who were the ones that it was no, no small contention with them? It was a big deal for them. Who were the ones that stood up? Because in that room, there were also people who just stayed sitting down. Overseers. Bishops, deacons who stayed sitting down. Okay. I have no problem with this. Okay, circumcised men and doing Moses. Okay, I have no beef with this. Paul stands up. Hold the phone, everybody. Barnabas stands up. Hold the phone, everybody. James, Peter, look at who stands up and says no. This is wrong. Look at the ones who stood. In the midst of all these overseers, look at the ones who stood. I'm talking about that new wine. You see? Look at the formula in Paul. Look at the formula in James. Look at the formula in Peter. We continue in verse 2. The husband of one wife. No multiples. You see? Second wife, third wife. The only way that is biblically permissible to have wife number two, wife number three. The only way is if the previous wives have all died. That's the only way. But even at that, you know, if I met a guy like that, I would have a little side conversation with him. We'll just leave it at that. Temperate. In verse 2, which is sober and abstaining from wine. That's what temperate translates as. Look at already. I mean, just in serving in tables, people in, in ministry, pastors, elders, bishops, deacons, Just for serving in tables, you have ministry leaders that are in trouble today because they're not even the package. Not even package one, definitely not package two, three, or four. You see? Remember, this is a one-on-one letter. Paul to Timothy. We see after temperate, Sober-minded, which is self-controlled, safe and sound in the mind. Look at how many pastors are in trouble today. Pastors with their dirty minds. Pastors. You think new wine is going to flow from the dirty mind? You think new wine is going to flow from a guy who is not abstaining from wine? You know, Literal wine? You think new wine, heavenly new wine, is going to flow from the guy who's on his second and third and fourth and fifth wife? And the previous wives are still alive? Irreconcilable differences? The answer is no. New wine doesn't flow from that. New wine from paradise. From the heavenly realm. It flows from very, very, very specific individuals. Men. I'm speaking about pastors. It flows from women too. But speaking about pastors. It flowed from Paul. It flowed from Peter. It flowed from James. John. But then you look at these men these guys aren't like the average bear they're different they're different they're not thinking about their dirty stuff they're not thinking about you know dirty minds and you know if they if they meet with a female they're not thinking about like you know the dirty things they're thinking about her soul before the lord You see, in service to their master, Jesus Christ, whose word is above his name. That's what sober-minded translates as, to be self-controlled and safe and sound in the mind. A lot of men try to fake it. They had these, you know, stupid smiles. They had this dumb smile on his face, you know, go, like, oh, you know, God bless you, everybody. They speak very... Temperate. It's like a show, you know, they're the hypocrites, you know, it's, it's, it's an act. Oh, God bless you, everybody. And they force the smile and all the congregants. Oh, look, he's got such a beautiful smile. And oh, yeah, he's so friendly. But what they don't see, the guy's beating on his wife. The guy's going to the strippers. The guy's going, he's doing the drugs. He's, he's doing all kinds of different things. You think new wine flows from that freak? Yes, I say freak show. You think new wine flows? The answer is no. And if the answer is no, why is it that you have sheep, lambs, who submit themselves to such a person? Why? Because the sheep... God's flock should not submit themselves to such a person. This is a one-on-one letter. Paul to Timothy. It got leaked. And we have it here before us. Praise be to the Lord. Saints, sheep, lamb, we can read and study and understand the formula so that we know, okay... I'm not going to submit to that guy because he's a freak show. I'm not going to submit to this lady, even though she says she's a pastor. She has a mega church and men submit themselves to her. But I read my Bible. That's not the qualifications. It's not even the package deal. She's out of the package deal. She can't even serve in tables because she's disqualified. And so, you know what? I'm not going to submit to her. So what's up with these other people that choose to submit themselves to her? You know what the problem is? Biblical illiteracy. They're not Bereans. They don't study the scriptures. How dare you say that? We read the Bible. We read the Bible. Don't forget the Bible is spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. You know what that means? That means the Holy Spirit teaches. I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, we're not even out of verse 2 yet, and already we see that the church today is in trouble. We see in verse 2, you know, the sober-minded of good behavior, which translates as somebody who is orderly and not disorderly. Hospitable. Hospitable, which translates as friendly, hospitable, and fond of guests, which is absolutely beautiful. But... Remember, 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 remember. We're not called to be stupid. Be very, very careful of the guilt trippers. We make distinctions. Distinctions must be made between the leaven and the remnant. You see? Because you have guilt trippers today. Oh, you're not hospitable, you're not hospitable. who the addict remember thessalonians covers the addict you see we make these distinctions the guilt trippers they can say whatever they want but the guilt trippers are also the manipulators i mean whenever you see a guilt tripper and the manipulator All you have to do, you don't even have to say anything. All you have to do is look at the fruit. That's it. All you have to do is look at the fruit. Oh, you say, you, you know, they they speak Christianese. Oh, you know what? I would just encourage you. They, They speak the Christianese. Oh, you know, I would just encourage you, brother. Oh, I would just encourage you, sister. And the Lord put this on my heart. And they explain all these things and While they're speaking, the the guilt trippers, manipulators, all you have to do is observe the fruit. Their state, their present state, their past choices, their, you know, do you see wisdom? All you have to do is just observe the fruit. Why they're in the present situation. Why they're in that present frame, the framework of their own doing. Be very careful with the guilt trippers. We make the distinction between leaven and remnant. It's very, very important because a lot of times, as a result of the guilt trippers and the manipulators, because, you know, the Bible does say that we're to bear one another's burdens. The Bible does say that we're to be loving towards one another. Absolutely. But in the case of Corinth, before chapter 5, You take a guy inside the church who's having sex with his dad's wife. I mean, just that alone. Paul says it's so gross, not even the non-believers do it. And that is happening inside the church. So you take a guy like that who has no breaks on his sexual proclivities and you take a uh, 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 eighteen-year-old. Say you have a daughter and she's sixteen years old. Do you think that those two can get together when he has no breaks on his proclivities of sexual sin, of sexual behavior, and you put him and uh, your sixteen-year-old daughter? You put him and her together. Oh, but look, they're bearing one another's burdens. Oh, no, look, you know, we're supposed to love on each other. Yes, absolutely. The Bible does say that. But don't forget, it is also written, separate from the leaven. You see? Oh, but he's in sexual sin. It's habitual sin for him. Remember, the Bible covers habitual sin. You see? And the addict. We studied that in uh, the Thessalonian letters, Second Thessalonians, Remember? Because yes, the Bible does say, let's love one another, bear one another's, another, another's burdens. Absolutely. But it's also written, when there is leaven, the remnant must separate from the leaven. And now, within the remnant, look at what you have. You could have former, 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 whatever, together, bearing one another's burdens, loving on, a, on each other. Loving one another. But when there's leaven, it doesn't work. Now it becomes dangerous. Now it becomes not just a liability, but the wolf is inside the camp. You see? And there's a lot of guilt trippers today. But we must understand and make these Distinctions. Look at already how the church is in trouble. Now we see here in verse 2, able to teach, which translates as apt to teach. You see? A lot of times you have people who are at the pulpits who cannot teach. We're not teaching trigonometry, you know. If somebody says, oh, I'm a good teacher, I'm a good teacher. Okay, go teach trigonometry. Go treat, teach, you know, Arithmetic. But when it comes to the word of God, there's a very specific formula. There's not a specific formula to teach trigonometry. I meant there is in accordance with the world, but that's the world. Corinth is Corinth, the world is the world. We're talking about holiness. We're talking about righteousness. We're not talking trigonometry, geometry, chemistry, arithmetic. We're talking holiness. The Word of God, the Bible, is holy. The teacher must have reverence for the Word, exemplified in his life and conduct unto God, able to teach. You see? Look at already how the church is in trouble. Who in the world are in the pulpits? Why are they in the pulpit? When they have no business at the pulpit. Look at Hillsong right now. I mean, Hillsong, you look at the news. Hillsong, their pastors, their leadership, you have churches that are breaking away and people are like, wow, this is good that this church is breaking away from Hillsong. But you know what? Why now? Why now? When years ago, the, the, the signs were there years ago. Why now? when everybody finds out when all these things are exposed, why do you say oh this 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 pastor used to be affiliated with them but he's not anymore and you know because he's godly and all these things. why now? Why not five years ago? why not ten years ago when the signs were there? You see, why now? It breaks my heart. I Remember, this is a one-on-one letter. It kills me. It kills me, but... It must be fulfilled. Because when you read the prophecies of the last days, the church is going to be a madhouse. The church is going to be crazy. And you look in the church today, and what do you see? Straight up crazy town. You see? Now let's look at verse 3. Not given to wine. Translates as a toper, which is alcoholic. Alcoholic. Not violent, which is Quarrelsome and belligerent Not greedy for money Which is filthy lucre and dirty money But gentle Which is mild, patient and gentle Not quarrelsome Which is peaceable And not a brawler Not covetous Greedy for fill in the blank Money, sex, drugs Fill in the blank You see This is, we're talking about a bishop here, which is an overseer. This is where you get into, you know, like, uh, kind of like entry-level pastor. When you get to, like, the full-package pastor, that's like Timothy, a student of Paul. Full-package. Full-package Paul, full-package Timothy. You see? Number 14 years, little Timmy in this holy bubble learning in sponge mode, soaking it in, learning from Paul, what he spoke, the works of his hands, the steps of his feet, his persecutions, learning. Paul didn't want money, he had every right to take money. he says, "Nope, I don't want it. you see? package in verse 4 one who rules his own house well or rules and presides his own house well having his children in submission with all reverence you see this is uh, his children in submission with all reverence this is reverence respect and virtue you see I have something to say to pastors elders and overseers Men. Respect is earned. Respect is earned, pastor. Respect is earned, elder. Yes, even among your own children. There are a lot of dads today. Stupid, stupid men. Who... Demand respect in their home. No respect is earned. Don't treat your kids like they're dirt. Don't treat your wife like she's dirt. Because she's not. You want to deal treacherously with your wife? The wife of your youth? Oh, she's my third wife. She's not the wife of my youth. Okay, that's even a bigger problem. You want to deal treacherously with her? The Bible says that the Lord, he doesn't want anything you have to offer. You can cry all you want. You can weep all you want. The Bible says God don't want it. Pastor, oh man. That's what the Bible says. You see? You want to deal treacherously with the wife of your youth and go to the strippers, go to the prostitutes? Regarding iniquity in your heart, the Bible says, The Lord, I don't want to hear it. That's what the Lord says. I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to hear your prayers. Because the Lord is witness. He sees. The church, co-pastors, elders, parishioners, they don't see. But the Lord sees. And those who have intimacy with the Lord. The Holy Spirit says, hey, watch out for this guy. The Holy Spirit says, hey, run away from this guy. You know, all these people want to go and go to this church. And oh, he's such a godly man. But the Holy Spirit says, no, stay away from this guy. He's poison. He's not. He's a wolf. You see. You can't demand respect in your home. Pastors, you cannot demand respect. Respect is earned. Because many men today demand respect for things that are unrespectable. You know what happens? The kids become confused. Remember, the Lord is not the author of confusion. And confused kids have a big foothold that's ready and waiting for satan and you know what he does he exploits and then you have kids that are depressed they have the depra- clinical depression bipolar kids and it breaks my heart good job parents good job parents you failed good job dad you failed good job pastor you failed and you forgot the millstone That's what breaks my heart the most, is speaking to kids that are mental cases. It breaks my heart because they're mental cases for a reason. You have these dads, oh, I'm a pastor, You have. I demand respect, you have to respect me. How do you expect a child to respect the very thing that is unrespectable? Kids, I have something to say to you. my beautiful brothers, my beautiful sisters, younger brothers, younger sisters, you must understand the formula. Understand the formula. Because when you understand the formula, the packages, you know, package one, package two, package three, when you understand the formula, sound doctrine, you know what is often realized? It's the kids who realize, you know what? I'm not crazy. Mom is crazy. I'm not crazy. Dad is crazy. You see? To my beautiful younger brothers, my beautiful younger sisters, understand the formula. And when you're 18 years old, leave. You know, if if you if you could rent an apartment at age 15, I would say, you know, at age 15, leave. If you could legally conduct yourself as an adult at age 15, I would say at age 15, leave. Because there's a lot of homes in the church, Christian homes, they call themselves Christian homes. There's a lot that are not safe. Pastors aren't excluded. There are a lot of Christian homes, and the head is a pastor. The male is the pastor. The husband, the father figure, he's a pastor. And it is not safe in the home. Oftentimes because they demand respect. The husband, oh, you will respect me or else I'm going to beat you. Uh, You will respect me. You know, a, a, a former elder in a Reformed church, Reformed theology church, choked out his son. Demanding respect from his son, and his son did something to make him angry. And he choked out his son. An overseer! I gotta be careful. <laughs> An overseer of the flock of God. And he's choking out his son. His female kids, his daughters, doing sexual things. You know what the church does? You know what the head pastor does? He covers it all up. Blames the wife. Oh, wife, it's your fault. Look, your husband has a problem with this. And look, you know... It's all your fault, wife. Look, you 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 let yourself go, wife. You're a little chubby. You're a little wrinkly. You don't wear the makeup. You don't dress like this anymore. So it's your fault. Hey, wife, go to the gym, work out, wear the makeup, dress like the hussy. You can please the husband sexually and he won't have these problems. So now your daughter is going to be safe. Fools. Men who have no business at the pulpit, do not submit yourself to such a person. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, male, female, I don't care. Do not submit to such a person. The former elder in prison. In prison. And you know what? You know what's happening in prison? Ministry. By the original church, that head pastor. Foolishness. But it must be fulfilled. All of scripture must be fulfilled. Because the church is a madhouse in the last days a madhouse in the last days and i have a hard time even saying church because the particular particular church i'm speaking of is reformed theology which is unbiblical you see it's unbiblical unbiblical doctrine i've had conversation with these messed up kids i've spoken to these messed up kids kids who are on the- all kinds of different psych drugs. All these inhibitors. And in taking all these drugs, these medications, the doctors just say, hey, take this, take this, take this, take this. Now you look at the kids and they're straight up zombies. Clinical depression, a child. A child, Bipolar. You know why? I don't blame the child. I blame the stupid, wicked parents who forgot all about the millstone. See? We see in verse 4, One who rules his own house well. Not in another guy's house. Your own house. Having his children in submission with all reverence. Now, this is when children choose to do that. Pastor. Elder. Your children choose to give you respect. Why? Because with them, you have earned it. not for you to demand respect. Look what is written here in verse 5. For if a man does not know, you know, sometimes I come across situations where, you know, forgive me for saying this, but sometimes I come across situations where I have a little beef with Paul. I love him to death, but sometimes I have a little beef with Paul because I wish he put for if a little boy does not know how to rule his own house. But he put a man. So, you know, I'll I'll talk that over with him at the marriage supper. If a man does not know how to rule his own house, how? There's another problem. I wish Paul would have put how in the world. But he didn't. He just put how. How will he take care of the church of God? men pastors elders not even, you don't know, scratch that scratch that men non pastors non elders men under your roof is the training ground for those in the future who are under God's roof you see that's the home under your roof men It's training ground. Sanctuary. I'm not speaking about structure. Oh, the church sanctuary. We have a foyer over here. We have, you know, the restrooms over here. We have the ladies' rooms over here and the men's room. I mean, you know, like ladies' study rooms and the men's study rooms and the nursery over here. And then this is our sanctuary. I'm not talking about carnal, you know, uh, um, architecture. I'm speaking about sanctuary that is spiritual sanctuary of heart sanctuary of mind sanctuary of peace inside the home the home is training ground for pastoral ministry men men males It's training ground. How you rule your house. How you preside over your house. You see, a lot of pastors today are in very, very big trouble. I mean, we're just at verse 4. And can you see the trouble that pastors today are in? I mean, a lot of pastors today are in trouble just for serving in tables. And they're not even serving at tables, they're serving at the pulpit. You see, remember, package one, two, three, four, package four, full package, Paul, full package, Titus, full package, Timothy, full package, James, John, Barnabas, full package, Himeneus, no way, Grave Soakers, no way. Study Bible, take the mark of the beast, you'll still be saved? No way. If a man does not know how to rule his own house, in verse 5, how in the world will he take care of the church of God? You see? I mean, if you're in a church, when you understand the formula and observe the pastor, don't forget to observe the family. When you see wife who's kind of like a slave, not good. When you see kids who are you know, like slaves, not good. Kids who, you know, they're, doped up on their medication and they're like zombies walking through church you know they got you know their crazy eyes and they're just like staring into the air like they're zombies you know pupils are all huge and you know they got their they're just doped up on all their medication because the parents don't want them to get riled up so they just say here kid take this they just pump them full of drugs you got little zombie kids hey look at my daughter she's really nice you look at her she's a straight-up zombie oh here's my son look how cool he is oh yeah he's you know loving christian all these things you look at him he's like a straight-up zombie it's like These are warning signs. Warning signs. Parents who don't want, they don't don't know how to rule their home. So what do they do? They drug up their kids. They don't get respect from the kids. Oftentimes, most often, in my experience, it is most often because the behavior of the Parents is unrespectable. A guy who, a husband who beats on his wife and demands respect from his kids. It's not going to happen, Oh man. You can demand respect all you want, but you're not getting it. You know why? Because you're a fool. Pastor, elder, overseer, Very specific formula that the Word of God has for the overseer. Because remember, they're caring for the flock of God. Pastors, feeding, protecting, guiding, training, equipping, leading. They're doing all these things in service to the Lord. Benefactors are the saints. You could look at it like wow, this is just these is a lot of tasks. You could look at it like that, but it's for for those serving in that capacity who are the full package, it's a joy for them. Remember, where does new wine flow from? New wine doesn't flow from a guy who's beating on his wife and cheating on his wife. New wine doesn't flow from the one who's beating on his kids, abuse, sexually abusing the daughters. New wine doesn't flow from that. Flee from such a man. And in some cases, call the cops. I mean, depending on what it is, call the cops. A lot of pastors today, they want to save face. Oh, this co-pastor, he got caught up in this and this. And Oh, this elder got caught up in this. Oh, let's put it, put it under the rug. Let's sweep it under the rug. Because look, you know, we're holy men and we're supposed to be holy and we got to save face and all that. What? Foolishness. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to... Call the police for an elder for a pastor to go to prison because he's sexually abusing kids. The house of God must be clean. You know, pastor. Oh, we gotta have a church meeting. Hey, elders, we're gonna get to have a church meeting. There's this elder here who you know he he, he accused of this, accused of that. What in the world? What are we meeting for? Call the police. Call the police. Women, girls, boys, in the house of God, they must be safe. They must be safe. Five year old girls, eight year old boys, developing teenagers, women, single women. You know, the pastor says, Hey, sister, let me give you a ride home. The sister, 28 years old, sitting in the, sitting in the passenger seat. Oh, yeah, it's right here. And then all of a sudden gets a sexual offer. What? What in the world is happening? And then another girl comes forward in her thirties. Mid-twenties. All these females come forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he approached me for this. And I just thought nothing. He just laughed it off. You think new wine flows from that freak show? We're talking about the lord's business we're not talking about you know social club i mean you see all these things where there's social club no sound doctrine you see all these things the grave soakers that take the mark of the beast people you'll still be saved the study bible guy you see all these things in the replacement theology people all you see all kinds of different mess but i'm talking about straight up new wine because new wine doesn't just flow from anybody the Lord is very, very selective. And he doesn't make mistakes. He is very selective. I mean, Caleb and Joshua, remember when you count the census of first generation and you count, you know, uh, 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 you do the percentage? It was .003. I, I think I'm missing a zero. .003 or 0003 or point zero 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 three. It might be three zeros. The Lord is very selective. Moses and Joshua, Caleb and Joshua. Remember Phineas with his javelin. You see, the Lord is very particular. That's my guy. Remember Amos. I'm no, I'm no prophet, nor the son of the prophet, son of a prophet. You know what the Lord says, Amos. Surprise, you're my guy. Mary, beautiful Mary of all the women and the Lord says in your womb the Lord is very selective new wine doesn't just flow from anybody We see here in verse 5, For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? You see, to the remnant. You cannot and you must not follow these men. And This is just today. It's going to get worse. Next year, next decade, it's going to get worse. Should the Lord tarry, it's going to get much, much, much worse. We see even more qualifiers here in verse six. Not a novice. You know what that is? Not a new believer. Sometimes new believers are so excited at their newfound faith, which is beautiful. Like, oh, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be. I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to be this. Okay, that's not a bad thing. You know, just like in verse one, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. But hold on, there are qualifiers. You see, there are qualifiers. I mean, if you're a new believer, praise be to the Lord. I love you. You're my brother. You're my sister. But if you desire the work of a bishop, overseer, which must be male, which is a noble thing. It's desire. It's a good work. But there are qualifiers. Remember, Paul says, you have. 10,000 teachers and one father. Under the leadership of 10,000, look at the mess that was in Corinth. Except with Chloe's house. is a lot about Chloe. I'm so in love with Chloe, I can't wait to meet her. Look at the mess that was in Corinth, but then look at the order in Chloe's house. You see, and yet you have ten thousand teachers, and not one of them could bring order. Was there just one? I mean, just one out of ten thousand? Not just one. Well, there was one, actually more than one. Except they were in Chloe's household. You see? And they went to the male headship, which was Paul. And they cleaned house. The Lord cleaned house using vessel Paul. Remember, the Lord is very particular. But don't forget vessel Chloe and those in her house who says, we got to tell Paul. You see? There's a big danger behind being a new believer. It's beautiful but it's just like being a baby. When you're a new believer, you're a baby in Christ. Now, babies don't go to war. You know, babies can be found in war, but they're protected by the warrior. They're protected by the adults. You see, like, in certain battle, when, when war in war zones, when war comes to town, you see, like, there's babies in there, but you look at the parents, and you look at the adults, and they're protecting the young. The baby has to grow, the baby matures, and then they can engage on the front lines. But not yet. If you're a new believer, not yet. It's good to, to desire these things. It's beautiful, but not yet. And when you understand formula, you can desire past to be, to be a pastor, to be a bishop, to be in an overseer capacity, maybe even as elder. But when you understand formula, you realize that, yes, I desire a good work, as the Bible says, but... I'm not going to learn it from the study Bible guy who says, take the mark of the beast, you'll still be saved. I'm not going to learn it from the, the, the grave soaker. I'm not going to learn it from the money preachers. I'm not going to learn it from, you know, the name it and claim it. I'm not going to learn it for the replacement theology people. Where am I going to go? Where do I learn it from? You see? Yes, we learn from the word of God, but don't forget learning by witness. Just like Timothy had with Paul. And verse 6, not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, which translates as to be inflated with self. He fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Remember, we reference this every now and then. Isaiah 14, verse 14, where Lucifer says, I will ascend above the clouds. I will be like the Most High, you see, his pride. You see? Remember, we're still speaking on the Episcopos and the overseers in verse 7. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside. Whoa, now we get this is interesting. A good testimony among those who are outside. You know what this is? This is among the non-believers. Among the non-believers. I've had... Come Many, many conversations, and in a lot of ways, very beautiful and lovely conversations with, of course, Christians, but also with Luciferians, Satanists, lesbians, homosexuals, alcoholics, crackheads, prostitutes, and you know what they tell me? You're the weirdest Christian I have ever met. That's what they tell me. You're the weirdest Christian I have ever met. Because all the other Christians, I want to throw them out the building. But you, like, you know, you say, let's go get a burger and I want to get a burger. You say, let's go get some coffee and I want to get some coffee. We're like friends. And they know, you know, they know where I stand. When we engage in these conversations, and sometimes I even like caution them. I say, "Look, I'll engage with you in this conversation, but you know, I'm gonna be straight up with you." And they're like, "Yeah, you know, let's have at it." Talking to a homosexual Satanists, a homosexual Satanist, and the guy tells me. You're the weirdest Christian I've ever met before because you know what? I like you. And not like, you know, like, like, you know, that that, kind of like, but like, I like you. Like, you know, I can invite you over to dinner. We can have like a meal. We can do it. It was a friend. It didn't start out friendly, but it turned out to be a friendly conversation. And we were talking and talking and he was just amazed. Like, I've never heard that before. We look at the Bible. Look, it's true. Do you remember how last week you know I gave the example? You, you and me were liberals. You know, you got the pink hair, I got the blue hair. You know, I'm secure in my masculinity, so I'll take pink. Looks so like I got pink, you got blue. Okay, you know, last week it was the other way around, but this week, you know, I'm secure in my masculinity. Okay, so I'll, I'll do pink. So I got my pink hair, you got your blue hair. We're like super hardcore liberals and we're walking on the sidewalk and unbeknownst to us, we're on our way to hell. We're going to burn in hell. That's the future. And we meet all these Christians. And because of their behavior, because of their carnality and fighting carnally when they should be fighting spiritually, It's abrasive to us. Remember, we're like super liberals. And all that's, you know, I'm just talking about hair, but like all that's entailed. And we come to the conclusion, oh my goodness, this guy's a jerk. This lady's a jerk. This guy's a jerk. Just leave us alone, Christians. You know, we're just going to eat our chips and our hot dogs and our soda. And we're just going to walk along our merry way. And the whole time, unbeknownst to us, we're going to burn in hell. Because that's the path that we're on. But then say, for example, you and me, we're walking down. We're super liberals. I got the pink. You got the blue. And we're walking down the sidewalk. And then all of a sudden, we meet a peculiar a pe- peculiar guy, a peculiar gal. Like, get away from me, Christians. I want nothing to hear. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with Christianity. But we realize, we quickly realize there's, there's something different about these guys. There's something different. I kind of like these guys. You see? And that's what's so beautiful about the Christian witness. That's what is written here in verse 7. He must have a good testimony among those who are outside. This is the non believer. Understand the seed, the seed that we have, it's holy. And the seed is the word of God. It is holy. He is holy. The word became flesh. It is not planted carnally, you see? But it is removed carnally through carnal means that Satan exploits. But it is not planted through carnal means, which means we better have the gifts of the Spirit. And today you have the Christian who refuses to believe. I say Christian, but we'll say Chino, you know, Christian in name only. We got the Chinos. Christian in name only. Because they say, "Well, the Holy Spirit—that was for two thousand years ago. That's not for today. That was only the Book of Acts. Because we don't see it today, therefore, it's not. It's—it was only for two thousand years ago. You know why we don't see the gifts of the Spirit like we see in the Book of Acts? You know why we don't see that today? Look at the vessel. That's why. Because the Bible outlays for us the formula." The formula, 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 formula. And when it's wrong, don't expect to see the fruit. But when it's right, stand by. Put on your seatbelts. You see? To have a good testimony among those who are outside in verse 7, lest he fall into reproach. You see? Reproach is criticism and disapproval from the non-believer. That reveals something pretty deep for us. Because sometimes in talking to Christians and even pastors and elders, oh, I'm being persecuted, I'm being persecuted. And I ask the question, well, why, brother? Tell me why you're being persecuted. In the case of a female who's not a pastor or elder, tell me why you're being persecuted, sister. And then they explain and they say, well, I'm being persecuted because of XYZ, one, two, three, ABC. Okay. Okay. Now that I understand, let me tell you why you're being what you call persecuted. It's not persecution. But you're being treated this way because you're a straight up jerk. That's why. You're being treated with reproach. Because you're not above reproach. You're fighting a spiritual fight carnally with carnal weapons. And if you're fighting carnally, it reveals something even deeper. That means the old nature is not dead, brother. The old nature is not dead, sister. What you call persecution, you're receiving that because you're a straight-up jerk. This is how salt loses its flavor. This is how lights go out. This is how lamps go dim. You see? No oil. No power. And it is prophesied for lamps to go out in the last days. Apostasy. And then straight up, you know, the lamps going out. Ten virgins. Remember, ten virgins. Five are wise. Five are foolish. They're all virgins. Praise be to the Lord. They all have lamps. Praise be to the Lord. They all have oil. Praise be to the Lord. They all await the bridegroom. Praise be to the Lord. Except the wise ones had oil for their lamps. The foolish ones, they didn't have enough oil. And they ran out. You see? We have to be wise in these last days. Because foolishness abounds. The world is the world, but foolishness abounds inside the church. Foolishness abounds from the pulpit. But the Bible, we got this one-on-one letter that was leaked and captured in the canon, canon of Scripture. The Lord wants us to have this. The Lord wants us to know this. So that we can understand formula. Yes, the Bible says that, you know, to submit to pastors. But there are qualifiers for pastors. When those aren't met, do not submit yourself. It's not a blanket statement. Oh, this guy's a pastor. He's got the pastor parking spot. He's got the pastor name tag. He's got the title, all these things. Okay, submit to him. No, a lot of Christians, the vast majority of Christians treat it like that. Well, he's got the pastor parking spot, so I'm going to submit to him. That's foolishness. Don't do that. Understand the formula, the qualifiers. Remember, sound doctrine. Everything stems from sound doctrine. Because outside of sound doctrine is found the law. And to abide in the law, a person is outside of Christ. Doctrine that is not sound is one of multiple means by which a person can exit Christ. We can't have that happen. Saints need to abide in Christ. No period. Remember, Jesus Christ says, abide in me and I in you. See? See? And so we see in verse 7, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. You see, it's a trap. It's a trap. Satan knows which buttons to press. Look at the trap that is before us. And you know, look at Christians who are fighting a spiritual fight carnally. And they themselves are not above reproach and they fall into reproach and it's a trap. The snare of the devil. Because you have Christians who are fighting carnally. Oh, we're going to fight you like this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. It's all carnal. Oh, we're going to, you know, fill in the blank. Carnal pastors leading the flock of God into carnality instead of saints. Let's fast. Let's pray. I know that There's evil around us. I know that there's evil around us and our culture is going bad, but you know what, saints? Let's not, you know, let's put our, you know, no no carnal weapons, no carnal means. We're not going to, like, you know, go out and beat people, go out and arrest people, take them to court and do all these things. You know what, saints? Let's fast. Let's pray. Let's pray all night. Let's meet here. We're going to meet here and we're just going to pray, 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 pray to the break of dawn. You know what happens when a pastor does that? Nobody shows up. It's it's self inflated. Satan knows what he's doing. He knows which buttons to press. And when you read the prophecies of the last days, persecution of the saints, it breaks my heart to say this. It I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. Some of it is self-inflicted. See? It's a trap. That's what happens when the formula is wrong and the doctrine is not sound and the formula is just everything's out of whack. You have in a battlefield that is every aspect of it is spiritual, but then you have carnal men leading. Carnal men who take point. Remember, we just, it just so happens we studied this on Wednesday. Who is at point with Israel? Abodah, abodah, mishkan. Tip of the spear. Men who are not like the average bear. You see? Leadership matters. Coverings always male. Old Testament, New Testament. Coverings always male. No female pastors. To my beautiful sisters in Christ, I love you. And I understand, yes, men are stupid. I'm in agreement. Pastors, male pastors, the vast majority of male pastors are dumb, idiotes, without understanding. Many, many, many pastors, if not most, are disqualified. They disqualify themselves. Me personally, I know women godly women who can mop the floor with these guys, mop the floor with these pastors. The study Bible guy, I know women that can mop the floor with the study Bible guy. Take the mark of the beast, he'll still be saved. That guy. I know women who can mop the floor with the grave soakers. I know women that can mop the floor with the uh, uh, the coalition, you know, the replacement theology. They could just straight up mop the floor with them. But they don't. That they don't makes their aroma even more lovely. Because it's humility and obedience unto the Lord. If you're listening for the first time, you're female, you're probably like, Oh, I can't believe he said that. Old oh, women can't be pastors. Listen to last week's study, 1 Timothy chapter 2. I wish, I wish, I wish that I could speak to all the women in the faith. I wish. And just nonstop just teach. Because a lot of women submit themselves to stupidity. Don't do that. Remember Zipporah? Hannah? Hannah? Lydia, Chloe, Priscilla. Beautiful women. I, I can't wait to meet these women. I'm like anxious to meet these women. I mean, you don't know, to be anxious for nothing, but you know, I can't wait to meet them. Remember the... It, these things must come to pass. As much as it kills me, I also rejoice in knowing that time is getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter as we see these things that are prophesied come to pass. In verse 8, Likewise, or, you know, in the same manner as how it translates. Deacons, diakonos, which is minister, servant, teacher, also pastor. But remember, females cannot teach or have authority over men. Phoebe in, in Romans 16, she was a deaconess. And yes, she exercised a certain authority. And yes, Paul says, yes, she has authority. But you know what Paul says? She's with me. Male headship. You see, we see in verse eight. Likewise, deacons must be reverent or respectable, not double tongued. You know, double tongued here, tongue, double tongued here, is multiple interpretations to conceal the truth. That's how it translates. This double tongue, multiple interpretations to conceal the truth. I'll give you a perfect example. When people say, mostly Calvinist and Reformed theory people, they say, well, there's God's perfect will and then there's his permissive will. You see? They have multiple interpretations to conceal the truth that, you know, God isn't bipolar. Man is. To suggest that God's will has imperfection that's wickedness. That's, remember, the first question in the Bible, did God really say? No. God's will is perfect. But to align to a theory, which is only, instead of aligning to Scripture, to align to a theory, Reformed theology, and Reformed theory, and also Calvinism, they come up with these, you know, sometimes it's even three, that there's three wills of God. But the majority say there's God's perfect will and there's his permissive will. Under the guise of once saved, I will say, well, you know you know i'm i'm saved by you know a uh, uh, god made me a christian because he he uh uh, uh 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 predestined me to heaven so you know and now once saved always saved so now no matter what i do that you know my eternal security is in jesus and i'm you know the predestined to eternity with him so okay i can lie on my taxes i can be a tax cheat i can do the sex i can do the alcohol and there's God's permissive will it's permissible for me to do those things but it's not his perfect will his perfect will is I won't do those things but his permissive will since once saved always was saved is that I can go ahead and engage in these things you see it's they're double tongued multiple interpretations and in so doing they conceal the truth you see it's foolishness, utter foolishness. But we're in the last days, so it's understandable. Not double-tongued, not given to much wine, which much wine, which translates as not having a mind that's dwelling on the next drink, you know, like the bender mentality. Oh, I gotta take the edge off. You know, you're having a bad day at work. Had to, you know, drink some coffee. <laughs> For my throat. But you're having a bad day at work and people thinking like, oh, I can't wait till I get home so I can, you know, get buzzed. I can't wait till I get home, take the edge off, drink some vodka, you know. I can't wait till I get home, you know, uh, uh, drink this and mix my drinks and drink that or go to the bar and do this, do that. You know, the, uh, the mind that is given, they're dwelling on alcohol the next drink. Which, to my shame, that used to be me 25 years ago. That used to be me, but no more. Not given too much wine, not greedy for money, which is filthy lucre, dirty money. And we see in verse 9, holding the mystery of the faith. I love this. Holding the mystery of faith. Notice, our faith is a mystery. To non-believers, absolutely a mystery. To believers, not all, but to believers, still a mystery. But it is not a mystery to all. And just like we read in Ephesians and Philippians, God reveals the mystery to some so that they can teach and reveal the mystery. Just like the Lord revealed the mystery to Paul. And Paul is, new wine flows into Paul and new wine flows out of Paul. And non-believer, you know, faith is a mystery. And then all of a sudden Paul comes to town and, 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 and persuades and, you know, proving from the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah, proving from the scrolls that Jesus is the Messiah. And all of a sudden people say, you know what? I'm going to believe in Jesus and I believe in Jesus. All of a sudden, the mystery is less of a mystery. And then all of a sudden, Paul keeps pouring in and teaching using, uh, remember the yo-yos, Timothy, Sylvanus, Titus, the yo-yos. Remember our study in Acts? Using the yo-yos. And then all of a sudden, it's a mystery no more. Why? Because it was revealed. I mean, have you ever, like... You're in a church. You're a brand new believer. And say you've been a Christian like for a long time and you're in a church and you kind of realize like you want the meat and potatoes. You're not getting it. You're just getting milk. You want meat and potatoes. And you can't No matter where you go, I just want meat and potatoes. I want the truth of God's holy word. That's it. And you pray, Lord, help me. I just I just want truth. I need the meat and potatoes. You know, I was on milk. But no matter where I go, it's milk, 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 milk. In some cases, poison, 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 poison. In a lot of cases, poison, poison, poison. And in some cases, milk can be detrimental. All you got to do is look at Corinth. Milk drinkers, arrested development, remember? And you're praying to the Lord, Lord, I just I need the meat and potatoes. I need the meat of your word, Lord. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting, you're your first day in a new church, and you're and it's just like like fresh water. Like what? And the Lord answers your prayers. You're getting the straight up meat and potatoes. And you're not a baby anymore. No more milk. All of a sudden you start to grow, you start to mature, your muscles come in, your bones get stronger, you're getting equipped. You're all these things, you're learning how to fight, all you know all kinds of different things. And your faith is growing, you're maturing in Christ. And what was m- once a mystery when you weren't a believer, it was you believed and it became less of a mystery. And you know, you might have reached a you know a, a cap when you were with the milk drinkers and the teacher of you know the teacher of milk. And you know, I say teacher of milk like it, that's not a good thing because I mean, look at the defunct in Corinth and look at what it came at a heavy toll. I don't say that like it's a good thing. The teachers of milk, no. And so now you're with the meat. You know, the 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 the, the, the meat and potatoes. And now all of a sudden, you grow. You mature the knowledge of the word of God, which is a gift of the spirit. And all of a sudden, this mystery of the faith. It's a mystery no more. You see? And of the deacon, like in verse 8, you know, likewise deacons of the deacon, male or female. Remember, Phoebe was a deacon. Holding this in her heart. This mystery of faith. Holding it in her heart. That's what we see in verse 9. Holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. You see, the conscience is clean. It is pure. It is clear. A clear conscience before the Lord. Because you know what happens when you're a meat eater... No longer on milk. You have the knowledge of the Word of God, which is a gift of the Spirit. I don't say this boastfully. But you know, when you come across the guilt trippers and the manipulators, they can say whatever they want. And you feel sad in your heart for them because they're still on milk. You see, I meant you have a guilt tripper. Say you have the guilt tripper Who's, you know, uh, 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 the busybody? Remember, we studied the busybody not too long ago? You have the guilt tripper who's a busybody and who likes to manipulate. Well, the Bible says this, the Bible says this, and therefore you gotta do this, you gotta do that, and you gotta do this. But remember, when you just step back and observe the fruit, and the fruit reveals what you're looking at, the fruit reveals all you gotta do. Look, this is your state. I mean, you're, you're, somebody's giving you a guilt trip, you know, the, the, the manipulators. And you follow their doctrine and what they say. It's like they don't even know all the it is also written. They don't even know the dangers of, you know, the, the leaven with the remnant. They don't understand it, even though it's written. So now what's revealed is they don't have that gift of the spirit to the higher degree, which is knowledge. And since that's the case, what is revealed? Their foolishness. And since that's the case, what is also revealed? Lack of wisdom. And since that's the case, what is also revealed? Now you look back on all their prior choices. What they say, oh, you know, I just feel it in my heart. I'm going to do this. I just feel this in my heart. I'm going to do that. I just feel this in my heart. And you can look back step by step by step by step by step. step. step, You look back. And then you realize... Man, you've been without wisdom for a long time. And you can guilt trip all you want. You can manipulate all you want or attempt to. And in some people, it's effective. But when you're a meat eater, you have the gift of knowledge, which is a gift of the spirit. And you have the wisdom. Something happens where you start to weep for that person. It's not a prideful thing like, ha, 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 look, you're in a mess and, you know. It breaks your heart. Because you know there's so much better for this individual. But remember, God doesn't make robots. There's a reason why we say, you know, the ball's in your court. We say that quite a bit. Old Testament, New Testament, okay, ball's in your court, ball's in your court. Because once truth is known, once truth goes forth, once truth exits a mouth, now, when I say truth exits the mouth, mouth, I'm speaking about new wine. I'm not speaking about the defunct handling the word of God. I'm speaking about A person who's not like the average bear, like Paul, like Titus, like Timothy, like John, like Luke. When they speak, it's different. It's new wine. Now, once that happens, ball's in your court. Ball's in your court. You have a choice. You're in the valley of decision. You have a choice. Do I accept or do I deny? Ball's in your court. Old Testament, New Testament, ball's in your court. I mean, Moses says what he says. The people have a choice. Korah says what he says. The people have a choice. Paul says what he says. The people have a choice. Himanias says what he says. The people have a choice. And remember, God is reactionary. When people choose wrong. God responds. You see? And he makes himself known through his word. But who are the vessels that handle his word? Who are the vessels, not just that handle the word, who are the vessels that God chooses? You handle my word. You take my word and teach it to the people. Remember? When Paul was writing, you know, the the Lord put me here. You see? This is his this is the Lord's doing. And that's what's so powerful about these beautiful deacons and deaconesses, male or female, in verse nine, holding the mystery of the faith. You see? Where, yes, it's a mystery to Non-believers, absolutely. It's a mystery even to believers. And sometimes God's truth stays a mystery, and that's sad. That's when you get into the milk troopers, like you know, the uh, first Corinthians chapter 3. That's when you get into the milk dripper. There's no maturing in Christ. And if there's no maturing in Christ, all of a sudden, the mystery of faith. Stays a mystery. There's no further revealing. Have you ever talked with a brother or sister in Christ, and they're just like, "Well, you know, we don't know. We don't know how things are gonna. We don't know this. We don't know that. No, it's impossible for somebody to know. It's impossible. It's impossible for anybody to know the the everything about them. It's like, well, wait a second. If the word of God is spiritually discerned, and the Lord calls people into ministry, then what you say, brother? What you say, sister? Shouldn't be the case. The reason why they say it's the case is because whoever their pastor is, he's defunct. You see? Look at all the divisions of Corinth. Oh, I'm of Paul, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Apollos. Look at all the divisions. And by the fruit and the witness of those very divisions, Paul says, I wish I could pour deeper things unto you, but I can't because you're babies. You're milk drinkers. You're still on milk. You know, three years ago, I gave you milk. And three years later, look, you're still on milk. Not good. And this mystery of faith in verse 9 holding the mystery of faith with a pure conscience because you know you have the manipulators you have the 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 uh uh, the guilt trippers they can say whatever they want and to the milk drinker the milk drinker would be like in shock like oh you're right i gotta do this so i'm gonna go do this because i want to be a good christian you know you've been walking with the lord for 10 years 20 years 30 years 40 years 50 years you've been walking with the lord forever since the beginning of time and i'm going to do whatever you say because surely you know what you're talking about well what's really happening is the guilt trippers the manipulators the busybodies they themselves are the milk drinkers you see and that's that's not just carnal these are things that satan uses to trap the saints because remember it's the snare of the devil he has traps everywhere Outside the church and inside the church. He has traps everywhere. The scariest thing I've ever done in my life is patrol through a minefield. Scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And that's what the church is like. Minefields. You... You want to partake and exemplify and 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 love and bear burdens and do all these things which is becoming of the saint but if the pastor doesn't keep the sanctuary clean the church is like a minefield where you bear burdens of a guy and you're gonna blow up you bear burdens of a lady and you're gonna blow up you bear burdens of a Teenager, and you're gonna blow up, or a teenager bears the burdens of an adult and they're gonna blow up. It's like a minefield. But when the pastor keeps the sanctuary clean, you see, all of a sudden, those dangers are non existent. You see, it's powerful. It's powerful. And so we see in verse 10. But, remember, this is one-on-one. Pass, uh, Paul to Timothy. Both of them, not like the average bear. In verse 10. But let these also first be tested or first discerned, examined, and proven. He's speaking of the deacons or male and female, deacon or deaconess. Let these also first be tested then let them serve as deacons. You see, very specific formula that is holy. It's not just somebody saying, Oh, I want to be deacon. So, you know, make me deacon. No. Very specific formula. Being tested first. In verse 10, being found blameless. Likewise. Now, remember, just like we see with the bishops and the episcopos and the overseers. Just as we see now, we see that the home is open to review. In verse 11, likewise, their wives must be reverent. Now, you know, because women deacons are permissible, just like uh, 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 Phoebe, you know, it says their wives. Does that mean that, you know, same-sex marriage is permissible? No, read Romans. Now Romans 1 is in play. You see? Don't forget the multiple, it is also written. And sometimes we get into like, you know, 10 layers deep, it is also written, it is also written, it is also written, it is also written. written. That's how wisdom is found. It's also how stupidity is found when people don't do it. Because they say, well, well, you know, look, um, Phoebe was a deacon, and deacon means pastor. So, okay, so, okay, I'm female. Now I can be a pastor. No, it doesn't work that way because it is also written, women cannot teach or have authority over men. You see? So that nixes that whole, I did not, I don't. I feel bad for women. I mean, if you're female and you're listening, like, I'm on board. Like, like I, I'm in, I look at men today and it's like, I'm not like done. I know I say like I'm done with men. Like I, I, I want to be done, but I like I have hope that maybe there's like one or two guys out there that are, you know, good to go. But when I call it like I see it, it's like, wow, this, this guy has no business at the pulpit. This guy has no business at the pulpit. This other guy has no business at the pulpit. This other guy has no business at the pulpit. Meanwhile, there's these women that can mop the floor with them. But they can't. It's not to be like bummed out like, oh man, they can't. No. Rejoice. Rejoice. Don't forget for some, for some condemnation awaits them. Not because they're predestined to hell in accordance to Calvinism and Reformed theology. As a result of their choices, don't forget. That's not to say, okay, let us be, you know, you know, happy and merry that it's going to happen. No. Because it is also written that the last days are described as times of sorrows, plural plurality in time plurality of sorrow times of sorrows sorrow upon 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 sorrow sorrow sorrow. people tell me how come how come you're so doom and gloom why can't you be happy number one my joy is in the lord and only in the lord number two Look around. Look around. Is being sorrowful without reason? Look around. Look at at the state of the church today. Look at Hillsong. Look at Hillsong. Now... Yes, it's falling apart today and in, in, in some regard, I rejoice because it's like, wow, you know, I'm, you know I rejoice because it's like wow that, that that foundation it was bound to fall but in other ways it's, it pains me because you have in the midst people who love the Lord, baby Christians. Baby Christians, milk drinkers, because through maturity, through knowledge of the Word of God, a person realizes, okay, this is crazy town. I'm out of here. But that's not happening. You have babies and milk drinkers. Just like when you listen to our introduction into the pastoral epistles, you know, we look at the foundation. Remember the 50th floor, the 40th floor, the 51st floor, the... Hundred floor, whatever it is, but the foundation. And if the foundation is sand, the whole structure is bound to fall. And that's what we're seeing in these last days. See? So we see in verse 11, likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanders, which is fake accusers or the false accusers. You know, Making up stories, oh, this guy did this, this lady did this, fake accusations. Temperate, which is to abstain from wine. Notice all these, a lot of alcohol here. You know, abstain from alcohol, abstain from alcohol, no alcohol, no alcohol, no alcohol. What do you see in pastors say? Alcoholics. See, disqualify. Disqualify. I mean, remember, sound doctrine is like, that's like the base plate. That's like, you know, foundation is sound doctrine. You see, so if there's no sound doctrine, what's being built on top, it's bound to fall. Sound doctrine is sound doctrine is the solid stone. That's the foundation. You build on false doctrine, you can go however high you want. But it's only a matter of time before it falls. Just look at Hillsong. You see? I could say some other names, but We'll table that for another time. Verse 11, faithful in all things, let deacons be the husbands of one wife. You see, no multiple wives, no multiple partners, second marriage, third marriage, only when the previous wives are dead. Only when the previous wives are dead. Now, since deacons can be females, also a uh, female deacon, and the, the, when you know, a um, uh, second husband, third husband, the, the previous ones they better be dead. You see, otherwise, the person is an adulterer. You see, same with men, you know, men in their first marriage and, you know, women is on the, 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 the man is in the first marriage and the women, the woman is on the second marriage. Both are in adultery. You see, and we're talking about leadership and yes, leadership matters, but we're talking about ministry, people in ministry. Verse two, a bishop, verse eight, the deacons. These are people in positions of ministry. And the Bible gives us the qualifiers for people in ministry. Because remember, only the clean can clean. I'll say it again. Only the clean can clean. I'll say it again. Only the clean can clean. Don't submit yourself to just anybody. The formula must be right. Sound doctrine, foundational. When the formula is right, look for those who are able to teach because when you have the full package, very rare, but when you have the full package, that's where new wine comes from. You know what? A trend that I'm noticing when I hear professors, sometimes I get invited to these, uh, like, uh, boards, you know, online. I get invited to these, you know, message boards and, you know, uh, uh, discussions to this. Sometimes a Christian will be like, hey, you know, I'm going to invite you here and, you know, I invite you here and I want you to talk to this professor because the professor saying this. And sometimes I'll entertain us, okay, so we'll hash this out. And it's, it's in certain seminaries, when you have, we'll say like 10 pastors who emanate from a school of theology or a university, a the- theological university or, you know, Bible college or a seminary. We'll take a group of five out of each. Five out of the same seminary. Five out of the same Bible college. Five out of the same uh, theological institution. All five in each category, they all say the same thing. They all, they're like parrots. They all parrot the same exact thing. Now, When the very foundation of that theology does not align with the truth of God's word. And this is just five, but in a, in in a graduating class, there could be hundreds, if not thousands, and they disperse to churches. And they're all, they're all parrots. They all parrot the same thing. Where is sound doctrine? Where is one to find the formula? In men, pastors, always knowing and remembering that only the clean can clean. You see? You have these professors, university professors, big theology, theological universities, seminaries, Bible colleges. And they're compromised. A lot of sex. The strippers, the prostitutes. They're compromised with drugs, the meth, the crack, cooking spoons, They're compromised with alcohol. Oh, I need a little bender. I had a rough day at the office. I had a rough day at church. I had a rough day here. I had a rough day there. I was reading this news article recently about mental health of pastors. (laughs) I'm done with men. (laughs) Stupid men. I'm done with these guys. Fools. Mental health of pastors? No new wine there. No new wine there. Because the Lord, he heals. He heals. I mean, instantly. You know, Lord, I need help. Boom. Lord, I'm sad about this. I'm so depressed about this. And Lord, I pray. Boom. He responds to prayer. I'm mean, it. It's not a lot long wait time at all. I'm mean, it. Remember, formula's gotta be right. But it's not a long wait time. When the formula's right, instant. Sometimes it's like, before you even pray, I mean, you say like, Lord, I need help in this, this, this. I need help with ABC, one, two, three. And it's like, Lord, and it's like, boom, answer. You're like, like I just got my answer, and like I haven't even asked you, because the Lord knows. Instant. Then you have pastors complaining about mental health, murmuring and complaining, murmuring and complaining. Pastors, supposedly the shepherds, murmuring and complaining, murmur, complain, murmur, murmur, complain. And the fact that they're, you know, writing these, you know, discourses about, you know, their, you know, mental health of pastors and, you know, where do they go for help. And they go to see these psychiatrists and get their medication and pastors who are on their antidepressants and pastors who are taking their, you know, their benders and all kinds of Because it's to help them cope with the stresses of being a pastor. So when they get on, if they get on their knees and pray to the Lord, you know what that tells me? The Lord's not answering them. The Lord's not responding to them. Now, remember, the Lord is reactionary. He's not responding to them for a reason. Why is that? Now, most of the time we don't know, most of the time we don't need to know. But the Lord knows. And the Holy Spirit, when you have intimacy with the Lord, the Holy Spirit will, you know, stay away from that guy. Now, that's provided the person have the Holy Spirit. Because remember, it's possible to be a believer, to believe in Jesus Christ, and to have fellowship with the saints, all without the Holy Spirit. Listen to our message through Acts chapter 8. You'll understand more. Believers without the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in a church? Have you ever seen a pastor Or a youth leader. or And you just have like the straight up heebie-jeebies. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit saying, get away from this guy. This guy is a freak show. Stay away from him. And I, I don't. What really hurts me, what really pains me is children. Because sometimes, you know, the child... submits themselves to parents the child submits himself or herself to the parents just like the lord says just like the bible says you know respect your parents who are authority over you and the child does exactly that but the parents don't have the discernment to realize this guy's a freak show you see it happened you know you might be wondering like why is he going here why is he saying this it's happening you can't be an ostrich and have your head in the ground and pretend it doesn't happen no it's happening the church in the last days is going to be straight up crazy town now it's crazy town for a reason for a reason you have pastors today i mean Everything we looked at, of the overseers, of the bishops and the deacons, everything we looked at, these qualifiers, and then all of a sudden you have pastors who, the stresses of being a pastor. And then they go to their psychiatrist. They go to their therapist. They get these medicines from their doctor. They take their antidepressants. They take their anxiety pills. They take all this. They, 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 they drink their alcohol. Are your medications too expensive? They go to the street corner and get, you know, whatever. Get their, get their, get their uh, uh, whatever dope they get from the streets, you know, laced with fentanyl. They get all these different things. Take the edge off. Look where they're not going. They're not going to the Lord. The Lord heals. The Lord heals. He takes pain away. He takes hurt away. But remember, He sees the heart. He sees the heart. You pray to the Lord when the formula is right. And not as pastor, i you know as as teacher, as bishop or deacon, as a Christian, as a saint. When the formula is right in you, I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, male, female, it doesn't matter. When the formula is right in your temple, in the glory of the Lord inside the temple, and you pray. what father wouldn't immediately respond to their child in need? I mean, we have worldly examples of you know dads that won't do that. But what good dad wouldn't stop what he's doing and rush to help his son, to rush to help his daughter? How much more our father in heaven Father, I need your help. Boom. Lord, help me. I need your help in this area. What do I do? He wakes you up at 3:30 in the morning. Gives you a verse. You wake up. You wake up with a verse in your head. Like just just the number, you know, the chapter and verse, the verse number. You wake, and like you wake up, and you just open up your Bible and you read. Boom. Answer. That's when the formula is right. So we see in verse 12, Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. You see, it's the same with the episcopals, Same with the bishops. You see, the home and the family is open for examination. See, a a, a guy, oh, I'm a man of God. I'm the pastor. Okay. Your wife is crazy. What's up? Your wife is an Alcoholic. You know all kinds of you know uh, psychedelic medication, this and that. Okay, I'm sorry. Disqualified. Don't, you know, don't, don't get mad at me. That's what the Bible says. Oh, I'm a man of God. I'm a pastor. Your your daughter, she's like a sex head. Your son, he's he's a crackhead. You know, hey, I love you, but disqualified. You see. That's what a pastor says to a pastor or a pastor says to the elder. But if you're not a pastor, you're not an overseer, and you're in the pews, and you see, remember, the home is open to scrutiny. And, you know, you see the, You know, the, the, oh, this is a man of God. Everybody says, oh, this is a man of God. Oh, he's such a great expositor of the Bible. You know, and it's like, okay, let's, let's see what you got. So you sit in the pews and you listen and when you're a brand you search the scriptures just to make sure what he's saying is scripturally accurate and when you have the gift of knowledge remember a gift of the spirit when you have that you know the the pastor will cite this the pastor will cite and you just know in your head okay that's that's wrong a little check mark okay that's wrong that's wrong he's saying this but he's forgetting it is also written number 1 it is also written number 2 it is also written number 3 and then you realize like oh my goodness i This guy is spewing poison because the point he's trying to make is does not align with the truth of God's holy word. And you look around and everybody's like, "Mm mm-hmm, amen, amen. And you're like, oh my goodness, this this is dangerous doctrine. You see? Or, remember, we're looking at a package deal here. So sometimes the doctrine is sound, but the home is open to scrutiny. So the doctrine is sound, but the wife's a crackhead. You see? Yes, okay. He, he's a man. He meets the, you know, the qualifications. The male he's a, you know, the covering is male. So he, gets, he meets the qualifications. But wife is alcoholic. You see? Daughter's like, you know, having sex with everybody. The son is a crackhead. The other daughter is worshiping Buddha. He can have sound doctrine all he wants, but his home is way out of whack. And if his home is out of whack, what do you think the sanctuary is going to be in the church? Out of whack. You see? The home and the family is open for examination. Many, 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 many pastors, elders, bishops, deacons, biblically, are disqualified. A lot. See, we're just studying the Word of God. That's it. You know, this is, you know... That's, remember, this is one-on-one this is Paul to Timothy Paul to Timothy 10,000 teachers what you know in uh, First Corinthians you have 10,000 teachers but one father 10,000 and one in a group of 10,000 and one who is it safe to follow one. Brother Paul, you see? Pouring in the beautiful little Timothy. Now, little Timothy is not so little anymore. Now he's pastor. And old man Paul is still pouring into him. Teaching him. You see? And so we continue... In verse 13, for those who have served well as deacons, remember, male or female, obtain for themselves. Understand, it's a byproduct of obedience. This isn't like, you know, academia where it's like, okay, I'm a straight-A student. You know, I'm going to go to this calculus class and I'm a straight-A student. I'm going to do the statistics. I'm a straight-A student. I'm going to go to, you know, English, you know, maybe not 101, but, you know, higher echelon English and straight-A student. And, you know, this this, uh, this mental aptitude and academic aptitude in order to do all these things. And, you know, uh, academic excellence and straight-A student. No, 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 no. It's all a byproduct of obedience, which is a choice. Obey the word of God. Obey the word of I mean, it's so simple. It's so simple. Now it's true that you know you say like how oh, easier said than done. How can it be so simple when you know the 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 the, the mystery of faith? It's it's a mystery. Well, okay, it's a mystery it's not a mystery to everybody you see to non-believers a mystery to believers still a mystery but with growth and maturity it becomes less of a mystery and then the lord has his people you know what i'm gonna fully reveal like to paul i'm gonna fully reveal and paul you're going to be a messenger And Paul pouring into the saints, pouring into the churches, pouring into Timothy, pouring into us. Because 2,000 years later, give or take a couple years, we're still being poured into. See, inspired of the Spirit. It's a work of the Lord. But even with Paul, the ball was in his court. He chose wisely, it's a byproduct of obedience. Which is a choice, it is always a choice to obey or to disobey. Balls in your court. Now, when you obey, the Lord responds accordingly. When you disobey, the Lord responds accordingly. You see? Just any parent does the exact same with their child. Baby girl obeys, okay, good job, baby girl, get you, you know, a little cookie. Baby girl disobeys, okay, baby girl, I love you, but house of pain. See? I love you, baby girl, house of pain, double tap. Baby girl learns, doesn't disobey, now she obeys, okay, baby girl, cookie time. You see? same with the lord i mean we learn through obedience and we also learn through disobedience now um that's not licensed to okay we learn through disobedience so i'm gonna be disobedient so i can learn No, no 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 we learn through disobedience through like the double tap You see, and you learn through disobedience of others too. Like when I was a kid, like my brothers, like my dad would spank them. And then I learned, okay, my brother did this and he got spanked and you know what? House of pain for him. And I learned learned the lesson through him. You see? Praise be to the Lord. And that's what's so beautiful about testimonies because a brother, a sister can come alongside another and say, listen, this path that you're on, I was there. I was there. And you know what? You don't, you don't want to go down that path because it's a painful path and you have to choose. But let me tell you what happened to me. And then a person can realize, like, oh my goodness, you're right. I'm not going to do crack. I'm not going to go out with these crackheads. I'm not going to go to the strip club with my friends. I'm not going to go to the bar. It's ladies night. I'm not going to go do this. I'm not going to get drunk with my friends. Not- you know what? They're not even my friends anymore. You're right. I'm not going to do You see? And that's what's so beautiful about fellowship of the saints without leaven. You see? Among the remnant, it is safe. Pastors are failing in their responsibilities to keep the house of God clean. So those in verse 13 who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing. Translates, it's beautiful, translates as grade or step. I love that so much because you know what that points to? That there's more. There's more. Because a guy can serve in tables. A lady can serve as tables. And then after that, just like with Philip, he became an evangelist. But then at the same time, somebody can go from serving in tables to now serving as deacon. Now having responsibilities for saints. And then now a person can go, a man, a male, can go from deacon to bishop. See, Male. Now we get into male. This is like the official capacity, the official office of overseer. Females can't. I love you for my beautiful sisters in Christ. I love you. The the highest concentration of warriors I see in the faith are women. Men, hard to come by. And so we see this, there's more. We'll say man. So a man serves in tables. And then serving serving in table. And in the course of time, the next step, as we see like a good standing or a grade and step, the next step would be like a deacon. And after deacon, the next step would be overseer. Remember, this is a man now. Uh, the overseer. And the next step would be pastor. Shepherding, leading, as pastor. Full package. Package 1, package 2, package 3, package 4. Full package. Remember, package 4 has everything in package 1, everything in package 2, everything in package 3, and package 4 has all those things and a little bit more. In some cases, a lot of bit more in accordance with Scripture. Full package, just like Paul. Full package, just like Timothy. You see? And don't forget, you know, Chloe was quite the package, too. Phoebe was quite the package, too. I mean, Chloe, she could mop the floor with the pastors of, of Corinth. But she didn't. Why? Humility. The beautiful, beautiful aroma of humility before the Lord. Not because a man is saying, hey, you know, you 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 have to submit because you're a woman. No, that's, that's carnal, right? I wish I could speak to all women in the faith, all my sisters, however young, however old I wish, because there's a lot of dumb men in the pulpits teaching stupidity. You see? And as a result, women, they're kind of, pushed into a a arena of carnality which when you understand the times you fully realize okay this guy's stupid okay this guy's idiotess. okay this guy's a wolf okay this guy's a hireling do not submit to those fools i mean it's it's kind of it's kind of easy you know forgive me i don't i don't mean to sound like i'm oversimplifying but i meant when you read the scriptures it's kind of easy I mean, when you understand the formula, I mean, we got a leaked a leaked letter here, you know, but one on one, Paul to Timothy, we got a leaked letter here. But it's in Scripture; the Lord has it here for a reason. So now we understand formula, and so now in understanding formula, when it is written, you know, submit to those in authority over you. Okay, a biblical truth. But First Timothy is written. You see, First Timothy chapter one, two, three, written, and we're gonna study more. But it's written. So now we know formula. So now, you know, when the Bible says submit to those in authority, okay, this guy is not even package one. This guy isn't even package one at all. So I'm not going to submit to him. He says he's, you know, male chauvinist and he's a freak show and he's compromised himself. The Bible says do not submit to him. You see, because you understand the formula, my beautiful, beautiful sisters in Christ. When That's what happens when you understand the formula. Instead of the rise of you know the, the the carnality. You know it's in, instead of like you know a guy says something and you know I, you know, it, it, you get riled up. <laughs> Understandable. You get riled up. It's like, what did he say? Did he just say what I think he said? And then you listen again. It's like you know what he did say that. How dare he say that? Okay. You see what's happening in the flesh, the carnal nature, and when you understand formula in accordance with sound doctrine. You understand immediately, boom, that guy's a freak show. I would never submit to him. This other guy, he's a freak show. I would never submit to him. Now, look at your flesh. It says, nice and, nice and subdued in the holiness of Christ. You see? No rise of the flesh. That's the beauty of sound doctrine because the Lord helps us through the Spirit. Remember, Self-control is the fruit of the Spirit. you see how beautiful, how beautiful and lovely and what beautiful sweet aroma it is unto the Lord? And yet we don't see this in the church at large. Why? No packages. We don't even have package one. Package one is like base model. We don't even have that. You see? And so we continue in verse 13, a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 14, these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. Now it's kind of sad because this doesn't happen, but it's also beautiful because Paul remains hopeful in verse 15. But if I'm, de- if I am delayed, I write so that you remember one on one letter. Paul to Timothy, so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself. You see, that you, Timothy, that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. You see, for Timothy, Paul is, you know, of the deacon, of the bishop, Paul is telling him, listen, these apply to you too, Timothy. These apply to you too, Timothy. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite. Not to suggest that Timothy would be a hypocrite. But these apply to you too. Because when a deacon, when a deacon counts the cost and sees what he or she conduct becoming of him or her, when a bishop sees and counts the cost and sees the requirements and the qualifications unto him as bishop, but then they look at Timothy and see Wow, he's doing it. They realize he's not a hypocrite. And Timothy, in that behavior, is not being a hypocrite. Because if he were a hypocrite, not to suggest that he is or that he was, but not to suggest that in any way, shape, or form. But if he were, now Romans 2, verse 3 comes into play. Romans 2, verse 3 would be in play which is condemnation for the hypocrite. And I don't say that to suggest a heretical thought, but pastors think very highly of themselves. Elders think very highly of themselves. But I'll tell you a secret. Look and search for the ones who call themselves trash. Search for the ones who call themselves trash. Search and look and scour the earth for the ones who refer to themselves as as the scum of the earth. That's what Paul said of himself. Look for humility. Scour the earth for such men. And Paul, and teaching young Pastor Timothy, he says, I write so that you may know these letters to Timothy. Paul writes so that Timothy may know how he ought to conduct himself in the house of God. So Timothy can know. Yes, to establish order, and yes, so that the Overseers and the bishops and the deacons, yes, this is the formula, but this is also for you, Timothy. In the house of God, which is the church of the living God, which is the ecclesia. Remember, ecclesia, it's not a social club. Ecclesia is a body of those who are consecrated. The church of the living God. The church is His. The Lord makes the rules. He says the pillar and ground of truth. Now, remember, this is Paul to Timothy. Now, he says the church is the pillar and ground of truth. You look at the Bible, you look at the church. You look at the Bible, you look at the church. You look at the Bible, you look at the church. And what do you see? The church is in very, very serious trouble. But, there is a remnant. There is a remnant. Verse 16, And without controversy, see, it's so simple. It's so simple. Without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. And what is the mystery? Well, he says it out here. It's so simple. The mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. It's in his son, Jesus. Justified in the spirit. It's rendered innocent and righteous. That's how it translates. Rendered innocent and righteous in the spirit. Remember John the Baptist? When John the Baptist, went the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River where Joshua put the 12 stones, remember our study in in, in, in the book of Joshua, Old Testament studies? That same river where our Lord was baptized in, where the 12 stones went from land to water. And John the Baptist, beautiful, beautiful John the Baptist says, I'm not worthy to touch his sandal. And you read the, accounts in the gospels you see that john the baptist tried to prevent jesus and the lord says to him permit it it is fitting for us you and me john the baptist that's what i'm paraphrasing but that's what the lord says it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness you see and when Jesus, our Lord, was baptized, remember the dove came down, descended like a, like, and descended with like a, uh, 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 and the spirit of the Lord descended like a, like a dove and came upon him. You know, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Justified in the spirit, seen by angels. Remember the angels when they asked, you know, why do you marvel at the ascension of Jesus? Why do you marvel? Preached among the Gentiles. Don't forget, to the Jew first, to the Jew first, believed on in the world, received up in glory or taken up in glory. It's so simple. Remember the beginning of verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. It's so simple. Ministry leaders have a very specific formula. And when Paul wrote his letters to churches, he bypassed, in most of his letters, he bypassed the leaders, the defunct leaders. Remember, in Philippians, in Philippians 1 verse 1, he says, in chapter 1 verse 1 in Philippians, he says, to the saints with the bishops and deacons. That's not said in all his letters to the churches. He just says to the saints. You know, I wonder what he thought about the defunct pastors in Corinth. The defunct pastors and elders and overseers and bishops and deacons in Corinth, in Galatia. I wonder what Paul thought. Because why in the world were people going back to the law in Galatia? Why in the world was there the sex and the the drunkenness and the extortion in Corinth? Why in the world, where are the teachers but in the case of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 1, to the saints with the bishops and deacons. They had good teachers, good overseers. You see? And pastors today, is, oh, we're so stressed out. We're so stressed out. Oh, we're so depressed, and oh, the state of the church, and this isn't happening, and we're so depressed. But when the formula is right, and you fall on your face before the Lord, boom, instant. Comfort from on high. You see? The Lord absolutely comforts. The Lord absolutely heals. Well, Why isn't it happening today? Well, look at the vessel. Look at the vessel straight up. Then you have, you know, supposed, assumed vessels, supposedly vessels, but they fake it. Servants of Satan. They fake it. Well, why don't we see healing like we did in the book of Acts? Why don't we see this moving like we see in the book of Acts? Why don't we see these gifts like we see in the book of Acts? Well, do you see a church like the book of Acts? Do you see saints like the book of Acts? Because I don't. I don't. Pastors who have no power. In some cases, pastors who have no spirit. But it is written in Psalm 127, verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Who build it? You see, the foundation is wrong. The foundation is sand. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. You can labor and labor and labor and build and build and build and build. But if it's on sand, it's only a matter of time before it falls. But when it's on firm ground, a firm foundation, the rock of salvation, that house will never fall because the Lord has built it. And it pains me to say this, but there's a a beautiful aspect of the tribulation. The the 70th week of Daniel, but when I say tribulation, I mean the, the final three and a half years. Because remember... Prophetically speaking, the tribulation is not seven years. Now, if you're listening, you're like, what in the world? The tribulation is at seven years? Everywhere I go, everybody says the tribulation is seven years. Well, listen to our study, several studies. The first one is Jacob's trouble, biblically explained. The second one is uh, when is the rapture? And then listen to our studies through the Thessalonian letters. You'll understand more. Because the Bible says the tribulation is the last three and a half years. And there's a beautiful aspect of the tribulation. And it pains me to say this. Some of the persecutions that will befall the church. I say some, but you know, a large degree. Self-inflicted. Because saints are fighting a spiritual war. Carnally. With carnal weapons. With the carnal mind. With carnal bodies. With carnal temples. And You cannot win fights that way. You can win carnal fights that way. I mean, you know, with fists, you can win carnal fights. But we don't fight that way. We're Christians. We're saints of the Most High. We are Christians, believers in Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our Master. We abide in Him. We do not fight that way. And when these... Plagues befall the earth, and the Lord makes himself known once again, just like he did in Egypt. All these structures built on sand will fall. And before they fall, even while they fall, even after the fall, there will be survivors. Remember, we who are alive and survive, our study in First Thessalonians. We who are alive and survive... And that's one of the beauties of these plagues as the Lord makes himself known because people are going to realize why, hey, wait a second. According to this doctrine, this shouldn't have happened or according to this doctrine, I shouldn't be here or according to this doctrine, I should feel like this. According to this doctrine, I should be full of joy. And according to this doctrine, you know, all these doctrines are going to be shaken to the core and they'll fall. The false doctrines will fall. There's only one doctrine, one, that is sound, that will not fall. And that doctrine is found in the full counsel of the Word of God, Genesis to Revelation. You see? Very few men, very few, are the full package. It's an extreme... Rarity in these last days Coupled with the famine of the word of God But yet it's where the new fl- new Wine New wine Flows When you have the full package Not package one Not package two Not package three I'm talking straight up package four The full package. Everything in package one, everything in package two, everything in package three, and more. That's where the new wine flows. It's beautiful. It's powerful. And it's to the glory, honor, praise of Jesus, Son of the Most High. But Let me tell you something about Satan. Satan will fight tooth and nail. Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, Serpent of old, who was a murderer from the beginning, he will fight tooth and nail to prevent you from drinking new wine. Look at what he offered to Jesus. Look at Satan's offer to Jesus. All Jesus had to do was worship him. You see? And Satan used scripture. What did Jesus say? It is also written. These things must happen. For all of scripture to be fulfilled events prior to the return of Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Son of the Most High God, Son of Man, Son of David, Son of God. These things must happen. Sometimes Christians ask me through the, through the ether. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I only offer my opinion and strong suggestion. If you do not have the full package, a pastor who has the full package, learn at home. The underground model. Which also fulfills scripture. Most churches in these last days are not safe. But they're not safe for a reason. See, understand that leadership matters. Absolutely matters. You say, what do you mean most churches aren't safe? How dare you say that? Who do you think you are? Well, just read the Bible. Just read scripture. Because remember, there's seven churches in the book of Revelation. Revelation 2 and 3. Seven churches. Seven churches. There's only two that are safe. There's five that are not safe. And the Lord says, red letters, repent, 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 repent. You see? Philadelphia is safe and Smyrna is safe. The rest, not safe. They need to repent. Sometimes Christians, oh, how dare you say that? What do you mean most churches aren't safe? Well, the Bible says it. I mean, five is greater than two. So, you see, most churches aren't safe. The Bible says it. The underground model is, it's a last days model for church, for fellowship. This is if you don't have the full package, pastor, or you cannot find. Now, I'll say this. Remember, this is just my strong suggestion. If you do have the full package in a pastor, do not leave. Is this for the pastor's? Self aggrandizement? No. It's for the love feast. It's for the love feast. The love feast is very rare. Part of me wants to say, well, that's unfortunate. But that's to a smaller degree. To the greater degree, it's devastating. When you read the book of Acts, you see the Holy Spirit moving mightily and beautifully and wonderfully. You see Him moving and changing lives and, you know, impacting people, impacting lives, impacting communities, impacting cities. But when you look even closer, you also see the love feast among the saints. You see, there is a marriage supper that awaits the saints, a future event. But there's sustenance along the way, it's called the love feast very rare sustenance along the way on our way to paradise to the beautiful people of the way a remnant of these last days god bless you i love you